Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom, and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's Rob Riles welcoming you very warmly to another edition. Now, in today's edition, I'm going to talk about a book that I read a little while ago, a few months ago, in fact, and I'm going to indulge myself a little bit and hopefully spread a few nuggets of wisdom from the book as well. So, as you know, that's the idea of Leader Manager Coach. It's wisdom, it's insights, it's knowledge, it's information, it's a stimulation and a facilitation of your own journey. So uh, I hope you get something out of this. The book I'm talking about is entitled Terry Mack. Now, if you don't know who Terry Mack is, you're probably a lot younger than me. And you maybe have your interests outside the English game. So you can be totally forgiven for not knowing who Terry Mack is. But if you are an English Football follower in uh, certainly in in the UK, you will know who Terry Mack is if you are of a certain age. Now, whether or not you know who Terry Mack is, there are learnings from his life. Number one, first of all, he was a wonderful footballer. Liverpoolian through and through. I believe he was a Kirby lad. And if you look him up on YouTube or you look him up on your favourite video channel, you will see some iconic moments from Terry Mack's career. He was a wonderful player. And who can forget that goal where he chipped the ball into the net over the goalkeeper after selling the defender a dummy? It is just sublime. And that was just one one moment, Terry Mack was a player. He was also a wonderful backroom staff member. And um, in his book, he talks about the tale of two cities. And I'm not talking about Charles Dickens's famous novel. I'm talking about Liverpool and Newcastle. I had a friend of mine who said, oh, he was a scouser, he was a Liverpool lad. And he said, oh, I love Geordies. They're just the same as us. Just like the Glaswegians. And uh, look, I don't know if he's right, but Liverpool and Newcastle, for want of sidestepping an argument, are two undeniably great footballing cities. And Terry Mack is part of the fabric of both of those cities and those clubs. And uh, if you look up his, his biography, you'll... You'll soon find out. But why am I talking about Terry Mack? Well, his book, his autobiography, is called Living for the Moment. And I think it's aptly, aptly titled, Living for the Moment. And everybody knows him as Terry Mack. And there are, I enjoyed reading it. It's a simple read, and that's not a denigration of uh, of the writing. It's a story of his life written by Terry. Not sure if he had a ghostwriter. But it, it, it tells the story of his life very, very well. 
and there are numerous lessons in it that I'd really love to share. Now, Terry had what you'd call a classic working class upbringing. And he describes it in beautiful detail. He was a product of a, of a working class family, classic, archetypical, mum at home, dad out at work all hours, council property, living in the streets, kicking a football, playing football whenever he could, and moving out into a newly built second council property at a certain age, but living that classic working class lifestyle. Now, is there anything amazing about that? Well, it depends on your perspective. But the first thing that I want to say is, having worked in the game and having come across hundreds and probably in the thousands of individuals, number one, no matter where you are, don't let your upbringing determine the outcome of your life. And how many stories do you hear? And sometimes it does become a bit repetitive, I know. And I'm not intending to do that of, you know, um, poor, impoverished child make good. Am I saying that about Terry? No. He freely admits that he didn't go without food didn't go without a roof over his head and didn't go without loving parents. So in, in the grand scheme of things, no. But the lesson is you can become what you want to be and you can endeavour to follow that path no matter where you come from. And I think it's a, I wouldn't say it's a fact, but it's a commonality. And it's a pattern that you see all the time is that Kids who are brought up in, let's use the word harsher environments, where there's more competition. They don't have all the nice things in life. If they want to get anywhere, they probably have to walk or get public transport. They are left to their own devices more. They have to make their own fun, their own games and go and fight their own way in their own world outside the home, and even in the home. And it's less structured. Doesn't mean it's worse. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Absolutely not. But that type of life and upbringing breeds independence. It breeds a stoicism and a toughness and an understanding of the way that the world works because the world does work like that because it's damned competitive, tough, hard and to get anywhere, to get a seat at a top table and to achieve something when there's another thousand people trying to achieve it, you've got to compete. You've got to be determined. You've got to show conation. You've got to stick at it. You've got to be willing to fight. You've got to sh show some assertiveness. And that kind of lifestyle and upbringing that Terry went through, I think, brings that out. Now, if you didn't have that type of lifestyle and you were a comfortable, and I'll use the word middle class, 
kid, you've probably had to develop those skills in other ways. So if you're a coach and you're dealing with people from different demographic backgrounds, it's a good piece of advice to bear all this kind of thing in mind. Now, Terry was a very happy-go-lucky guy. That's what came across in his persona via the media. I can't say I know him because I never met him. That's what people say about him. And that's what he portrays in his autobiography. But his life was not tragedy-free. He had a brother who was, in Terry's words, severely mentally and physically disabled, that lived and had to be cared for in an institutional environment because he couldn't be cared for at home. And Terry expresses a fair degree of regret in his story and guilt about the fact that he was this physically gifted, free, independent child who lived in inverted commas a normal life and yet he had a brother who was confined basically to a bed, maybe a wheelchair, I don't know, who was totally dependent and never lived the kind of physically or mentally possibly fulfilling life that Terry did. And he said that, he, he, he intimates in the book that he, he feels guilty about that and he regrets that he never really understood the depth of it when he was younger and he never really saw his brother that much. You know, so what's the story and learning from that? Well, it's, you're going to have tragedy in your life. Face up to it. If you've got a problem in your life, welcome to the world because you're going to have one and you have to deal with it in your own way it's part of your journey you can't sidestep it because if you do it's like running away from a shadow it follows you everywhere the greatest freedom that you will ever get is facing your biggest fears and dealing with the things that irk you the most and Terry really addresses that so the lesson is, don't run away from the things that bother you, even if it's a mental dealing with them. Put them in a box, sort them out, and move on. On the same theme of challenges later in his life, after his football and coaching careers, Terry suffered what's known as a CVA, a cerebrovascular accident, or a stroke. And... Um, as he said, he was very lucky and he made a, a relatively good recovery. But it underlined for Terry, and so it should for all of us, to make every day count. I'm doing this podcast today. It's a Saturday morning. Doing these podcasts isn't always easy. There's always a reason I could do something else because I have to prepare I have to set the equipment up and I have to focus and concentrate because I want to give you the very best of what I've got. And it's like going to work. There's always a reason that you can do something else that's easier, that's less mental effort, probably less physical effort. 
but I do them. I make myself do them. And I get the joy out of them, and hopefully so do you. But you have to make every day count, and you have to do things on a consistent, persistent basis. Because once again, it's that, isn't it? It's those, it's the thousand little efforts over a three or four year period that get you the result. It's not the one sitting down, practice for an hour, a golden hour that you practice and you suddenly become amazing at a technique that somebody spots you in a game and then the rest of your life is history. No. And it's not that one hour that you sit down and tweak your CV that gets you the most amazing job you ever dreamed of. No, it's the 350 days in a year that you do a little tiny act consistently towards your goal that over a three or four year period adds up to something that makes you consistently a different person than you were three years ago. It's those everyday moments. Terry, by his own admission, loved a drink. Now, I'm not making any allegations about or any moral presuppositions here. Alcohol is a choice that everybody makes. But one thing that Terry describes in great detail is the social animal that he was. And from a very young age, how he indulged in using alcohol. And I think... He understands from reading the book that it probably, he was lucky at times because especially in the early days, he got into alcohol quite early as a young player and he was kind of a little bit too footloose and fancy free. And I think reading between the lines that he considers that it would have been quite easy for him to go off the rails and missed the boat. So, look, take the lesson from what it is, and particularly as a young player. If you want my advice, I'd stay away from alcohol. If you want my advice, stay away from it totally. Because I think, and it's a very personal opinion, and I used to drink, never drank heavily, don't metabolise alcohol well, and I'm not here to say you should or you shouldn't. But I think it acts as a poison to your body and your body has to work hard to deal with it. Anyway, we're not talking about that specific aspect. It's just a learning example that just be aware and be careful. And, and you have to find that right balance between being a social animal and the effect that over-socialising Overindulging in alcohol has on your sleep patterns, your energy levels, and your ability to perform. And if you are a professional athlete, it's probably not going to be a positive. So, Terry moves on. He started at Lowly Berry and got his career going. So, here's somebody who won European Cup medals, was member of a member of backroom staff that had great success, a high-profile England player. Nobody remembers him when he started at Lowly Berry. Nobody knew him then. So no matter where you're starting in life, embrace it. Let it be. Lowliness is fine. It's where you cut your teeth. 
where all those managers who became great in England cut their teeth at small Scottish football clubs with great history, with amazing supporters, where it's tough and people really understand what football is. So no matter where you are, do what you have to do. He then did get a break and came to Liverpool. And he struggled. He couldn't match the pace of the game. He couldn't play well in games. Games passed him by. He just couldn't break into the team. He had a couple of and a few appearances, but never made an impression and was struggling and wasn't playing and was psychologically down and doubted himself and suffered with the imposter syndrome. Was he not good enough? Was he never going to play for Liverpool? Could he deal with not playing? Was it better to go and play somewhere else? All the questions that dog all of us in different ways, no matter where we are in life. It's Shakespeare's to be or not to be. For two years this went on, and two years isn't a long time in one way, but you try and live through two years of turmoil, it's a long time. Terry eventually broke into the first team, and as they say, the rest is history. Became an iconic Liverpool player in one of the most majestic eras of Liverpool Football Club. Another learning thing that came out of the book was, this is likely to affect us all if it hasn't already, is the effect that the loss of his mum had. Terry freely admits that he kind of went off the rails. Alcohol was involved, struggled enormously psychologically. Loss is a part of life. It is inevitable. Look, we are, in life, in living, we optimally die. So all you are doing is optimally dying every day. You are making the best of it because we are all going to die and we are all going to lose people. And the Stoics remind us often that one of the best things we can do is prepare for that at least know it's going to happen and at least kind of have a fleeting thought about how you're going to deal with it you're probably going to be miles off but better to be a little bit prepared than not at all maybe that's the lesson I'm not sure now the next lesson you can probably guess but I think it's worth mentioning that Terry talks about in his book how you'd come into Anfield and Melwood for pre-season training after a successful season before you've been away for your holiday you break time off June you're into July you're back in for your pre-season and how the previous season's European Cup victory televised throughout the world, millions of viewers, European champions, once again, was portrayed at the level of the club as the European Cup winning medals being left in a cardboard box in the corner of a room at Melwood. Now, that's not disrespectful. 
it's just putting into place or into perspective where they are. It's gone. They've been victorious. They've moved on. The, the silverware, the ribbon and the medal, it's a little bit irrelevant to them. They're professional athletes. They're on to the next phase. I just think it's a lovely picture that summarises successful teams. And Terry also talks about the difficulty he had tearing himself away from what he was comfortable with. So he was actually a very shy individual. So if you're a very shy, introverted individual, take heart. Terry was such a player that he won the PFA Player of the Year award at least once and he talks about the inner dialogue he had with himself about he just didn't want to go to London and go to the awards and the black tie and it was so far out of his comfort zone he said you know I'm a Liverpool lad and enjoy going to the bookies and having a fiver on and having a pint with the lads that's it for me and he actually had to be persuaded to go, to stand on stage, receive the award. And as soon as he'd received the award, he was gone, off, back home, trying to get home to Liverpool as quick as possible. Another award he won was the, the Football Writers Award. And, you know, Terry freely admits and talks about the guilt he had with this, that he, it was so, it was on a level to him that was so small that he didn't even bother turning up for it. Now, there's a lot of people, and Terry admits this, that would say, well, it's very selfish and quite rude and disrespectful. And I think he admits that that was the case now. But the story is that those things were not important to Terry. He was a much simpler person. And I think that the, there's beauty in that. And... You have to find your own way through it. But there's ways of turning things down and there's ways of saying no, but not turning up isn't one of them. And I think Terry admits that. But just because you're not a social animal who wants to be front and centre and in the limelight doesn't mean you're not going to be great or achieve what you want to achieve. We're all different. Some people would lap it up and would be there early, enjoy the whole thing, love socialising, that's the way they're wired. And we're all different. And the last thing I want to talk about is, I suppose it's linked to the tragedy bit, really, and the challenges bit. And that's when Terry had to leave Liverpool. Bob Paisley was the manager. The team were doing well. And Terry was losing his grip on his regular place. And you talk to any professional footballer who's lived that experience at 30 years of age plus. They'll be able to re relate that in real terms to you and how that feels. Having to change your game to cope with the physicality. Having to recover more. Not being able to do the same in training. Struggling with the absurd energy levels of the new young players coming through 
and uh, playing in the team less and being on the bus but not getting a game and being on the bench. And Terry recalls that in great detail and the, the pain of that and knowing that you've got to leave the club that you love. And these kind of things are a part of life, but it's how you handle them, isn't it? And Terry talks about that in, in great detail. So there we are, Terry Mack, living for the moment. A number of real key lean learning points, for mainly for players, but also for coaches. And for anybody else who wants to negotiate life with the, the best philosophical and psychological strength possible. Because the learnings from this can be applied to most arenas. Terry Mack living for the moment leader manager coach if you enjoy what you hear on leader manager coach please leave us a review it means the world to us and uh, share the good news catch you later bye bye